Hello people. In this week, we started looking at the little details of plastic deformation, mostly in metallic materials. If you wondered what the origin of the word plastic is, it comes from this Greek word plastine or plastikos, which means to mold. Although plastic deformation is a feature that we will study in great detail in case of metallic systems, there is of course another class of materials which are named after this very name. Yes, plastics of course, a colloquial word for polymers of all kinds. Mark Miedownik's book, which I revisit here, called The Stuff Matters, covers plastics in a chapter titled Imaginative, from which I will be taking the excerpts today. While plastics are also moldable materials, you will learn later that the mechanism of accommodating deformation is very different from crystalline metallic solids. Celluloid is widely recognized as being the first commercial moldable plastic. Although it was the metallurgist and chemist Alexander Parks who presented a hard and transparent plastic material called Parkesine at an ex international exhibition in 1862, it was John Hyatt who used camphor, an odious smelling gum found in wood, that turned the nitrocellulose into a moldable material. The celluloid business boomed in the 1870s and the material was molded into a huge variety of shapes, colors and textures, many times resembling ivory, ebony, the mother of pearl, etc. Oddly, Hyatt tried to build a cellulose or let's say a celluloid business out of creating plastic dentures. Well, the ones that you would have seen your grandpa or grandma wear, but it wasn't really suited for that application, mostly because they warped in the heat and smelt really bad because of the camphor. Here's a related scene from the book Stuff Matters on the same topic. Interior, a dentist's office, a plain wooden room with a large chair in the middle and several tables with an array of metal instruments. There is a certificate hanging on the wall which states that Harold Clay Bolton graduated from the Cincinnati School of Dentistry in 1865. There is a single window in the room which looks out over some scrubland. It's a midsummer, hot and humid. Dentist Sir, please take off your shirt and sit down here and get comfortable. Gesturing to the dentist chair. Bill sits down without removing his shirt. How much is this going to cost? Dentist. I don't know yet. It all depends on what you need. Bill. I need teeth. It's pretty simple. Dentist. Yes, sir. But I need to look in your mouth first to see what kind of dentures are going to work. I'm afraid your shirt may get dirty if you keep it on. Bill. You ain't doing nothing. You're just looking, right? Dentist. Yes, but... Bill. So do it. Dentist. I need to take a mold of your gums with this material. Showing some bill. Some powdered plaster of Paris. And then, depending on how many extra teeth you need, I can use either rubber or this new rather exciting material which feels much more comfortable in the mouth. Bill. I don't care. I just want it to work. Dentist. 
oh, this new celluloid definitely works. It's it's really marvelously easy to mold and build. What? Dentist. Celluloid. It's very new, very modern, utterly soft, but also mm, hard, if you know what I mean, which is ideal for our purposes. Everyone's using. Breaks off as he sees that Bill is getting angry. Sir, uh, did I say something wrong? Bill. God damn it! Is there no place safe from the damn stuff? Dentist. But sir, plastic really is the best stuff and so comfortable in the mouth. Following Bill, who has got up and is walking towards the door. Sir, uh, I don't understand. What's the matter? Putting his hand on Bill's arm. Bill angrily pulls away, takes out his gun and points it at the dentist. Bill, I'll tell you what the matter is. You are the matter, wagging his gun at the equipment and dental materials. You are all the matter. Denture wearers had to wait till the 20th century for acrylic plastics to come up, which gave the wearers a pleasant, neutral tasting and natural feel. Although the moldable qualities and resulting strength and toughness of dental materials is of greater interest for, let's say, connoisseurs of mechanical behavior of materials like you guys, the most impact that celluloid made is, guess what? Yes, in the creation of film rolls. Yes, that's where the name celluloid originates for motion pictures or movies. Oh, what would be our lives without them? Celluloid as a replacement for glass plates developed by G. Eastman was a central as invention of the compact Kodak cameras. Well, I don't know if your generation of students have seen this, but these were pretty common during your parents' time. And this contributed to the photographic revolution. Another scene from Stuff Matters on the topic. Interior. Hyatt's office, New York. George Eastman, a camera manufacturer, has come to visit Hyatt in his office, which is a glass partition corner on the second floor of his celluloid factory. Hyatt. Mm, so I believe we could create a camera body that would be much more light proof than your wooden boxes, since they would be made in one piece, and also much less heavy than the metal equivalent. Eastman. I didn't come here to talk to you about the cameras. Hyatt. No. Eastman. No. Eastman is quiet for a while. With this back to Hyatt, he watches the processes going on in the factory below. How thin can you make celluloid? Hyatt. Thin? Well, I started the business by coating things if that's what you want. Eastman. Turning to face Hyatt clearly having made up his mind about something. Look, how much do you know about photographic plates? Hyatt. Not much. Uh, they are made of glass, aren't they? Eastman. Yes, that's right. Glass that's been coated in a light-sensitive gel. Hyatt. So, you want to use celluloid instead of the gel? Eastman, looking mischievous. I want to use celluloid instead of the glass. Hyatt, trying to work out why. Hmm, so the photographic plates are less easily broken? 
Eastman. Do you know how many glass plates a photographer can carry along with all the other equipment he needs? Hyatt shakes his head. Eastman. 10, maybe 15 maximum? You practically need a pack animal to carry it all. It's so heavy and cumbersome. Or at least a servant or two. The whole thing is very expensive. A rich man's game. Hyatt. And you think plastic photographic plates will make it cheaper? Eastman. I want to turn photography into something everyone can do. So cheap and easy that you could take a camera to a birthday party or a picnic or on holiday or... Hyatt. To the beach? Eastman. Precisely. To do that, we need to make the camera smaller and lighter. But crucially, I need to get rid of the heavy glass plates. Looking seriously at Hyatt. I have developed such a camera. The trick is to put the photographic emulsion onto a long flexible strip. That way, 20 or 30 pictures can fit rolled up in a tiny canister. I am calling it a Kodak camera. And everyone will be able to afford one. I will bring photography to the whole world. Hyatt. So this flexible strip, you have this technology already? Eastman. Well, no, we've been using paper, but it doesn't really work. Hyatt. So what? You want to use celluloid instead? Eastman. Is it possible? A flexible film of celluloid could be rolled up, which made the camera smaller, lighter and cheaper, bringing it to the masses. We of course now live in a time where digital technologies have replaced buying a roll of films. But back then, it was a pivotal moment in visual culture. It led directly to the technology of motion picture. The movie, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, starring Paul Newman, was shot entirely on celluloid film stock. And of course, immortalized and romanticized a way of life that long predated it. Oh, that reminds me, we were actually talking about plastic deformation, which we'll of course return to in the coming weeks in the class. Which also, by the way, has a memory or history of the deformation etched in it. Thank you all and have a good evening.